Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Hi, I'm Rebecca Shimke. What have you heard about Milwaukee Public Schools lately? If what comes to your mind is something negative, like increasing class sizes or not enough quality teachers and school staff, I want you to hit pause on those thoughts. The community school model has been implemented across the country showing that authentic engagement and shared leadership combined with a strategic community partnership focused on equity can improve educational outcomes, school climate, and investment in local neighborhoods. The Cincinnati School District, which has turned every school into a hub of the community, has seen graduation rates rise from 51% to more than 80%, while drastically reducing the achievement gap between black and white students. Here in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Community Schools Partnership is a collective strategy to transform schools into a place where students, families, staff, and the surrounding community can work together to ensure every student is successful. So today I talk with Ryan Hurley, Director of Community Schools, and Danielle Costello, Family and Community Engagement Specialist at Milwaukee Public Schools, about this bold and transformative project. Together, they were part of the team that began this partnership two years ago, and they're here to share what they've learned so far. Can you guys tell me what a community school is and how it's different from a traditional school? Sure. A community school has a full-time community school coordinator. They have a community school leadership team um, that is a group of individuals representative of parents, students, community members, community partners, school staff who really make uh, decisions by the school and community for the school and community. Schools do an asset map, so they, they work to engage the surrounding community to get an understanding of um, what are some of the uh, potential partnerships that exist in that particular area. And then they also do uh, community conversations, so they kind of do a needs assessment. But then there's also like some feeling things, some kind of intangible things. So when you walk into a community school, ideally it's a welcoming space. Um, so you'll see community residents coming in the building. You'll see uh, more families coming in the building. You might see families working in classrooms with teachers. Students are welcoming you at, at, at the door. I think it's exactly what Ryan said. It, it, it's about that feeling and it's about, you know, this is a shared space. We are all taking ownership. Both the community sees the school as an asset and the school and staff see the community and families as assets as well. Um, the difference I think all the things that we talk about when we talk about a community school, all the supports, the programs, the structure, the process, are all things that we want to see in all of our schools. The difference at a community school is really about capacity and collaboration, uh, pulling together partners, getting everyone to communicate with each other, to all work toward a shared goal, to really facilitate collective impact. Uh, it takes time and energy and lots and lots of thought and, and kind of putting things on the wall and trying different things. And to do that, we really need someone who focuses on that. And that's what a community school coordinator brings to a building, brings to a school, uh, because teachers are in the classroom and they're teaching and they're instructing, they're supporting students. Principals are leading the school and making sure things are operating the right way. And, and I think many of our schools, we have staff who try and, and attempt to do that extra collaboration or add it on to their existing job, but we really wanna build capacity and we want someone who's sole focus is how do I help this school to better collaborate, not only internally, but with external partners, and really make sure we're all driving toward that shared goal. And it's a goal that we all had a, a say in what this is. I like that you talk about collaboration, and for me it seems like a really easy connection between the parents and the families of the students who attend this school, but can you talk about some of the other 
players in this? Like who are some of the other, maybe like organizations or community businesses that are part of that? Maybe give some examples of some of the schools that are doing that really well. Sure. Um, so uh, Bradley Tech is one of our schools. Our community school coordinator um, has done an incredible job over the past uh, year plus to really help build a bridge between uh, that local community and the school. So the, the community really starts to see the school as an asset in the neighborhood. Um, so since uh, we've had a coordinator at Bradley Tech, uh, the Neighborhood Association has hosted events at the um, school. Um, we have residents sitting on our uh, community school leadership team. Really, uh, one of the consistent partners in this work is kind of that local community um, in whatever that local community organization looks like. But then in addition to that, every school has a you know, wide range of partners. It ranges from arts organizations to health organizations. Are there any for-profit businesses that are based in those communities that have become part of the community schools model? Because we have two elementary schools and two high schools, we have a lot of opportunity to talk about career pathways and kind of what, what is the end goal of education and where, what are we preparing these students for. And so I think in particular in our high schools, so I think of James Madison Academic Campus, JMAC as we like to refer to it, um, and really building what's called NAF, uh, NAF Academy. So National Academy Foundation is a national curriculum around creating career pathways. And so JMAC has an Academy of Finance, and Academy of Health Sciences. And so each of those academies now, through a lot of effort by the community school coordinator there, have active advisory boards of for-profit organizations that are hoping to help prepare students who choose to be in one of those pathways for what does it look like, you know, whether it's right when you graduate high school or if you go on to post-secondary uh, and those for-profit businesses. So I think of like PWC is, is very active and involved and supportive of community schools and helping to, whether that's bring presentations to class or offer field trips, or eventually as uh, students go through each grade, we hope that they get to a place where they're getting paid internships in those fields. And so engaging for-profit organizations, places that many of our students will hopefully one day find employment uh, is essential to that process and part of building buy-in because ultimately we want businesses to see that education is is critical to their business, is critical to their success because we're preparing their future employ their future employees. That's well, kind of nice. It's that invest in your backyard mentality with yes, the community is. schools. So we've touched on, uh, we've mentioned by name the two high schools that are involved. And I know recently it was announced that two more community schools were added. So can you tell us what schools are actually community schools and talk maybe about the two new schools? Um, so Browning Elementary uh, is one of our community schools starting uh, in the 2016-17 school year. Um, and Lincoln Avenue Elementary is, is the second school. Um, and I think we're really excited about this new phase um, because whereas uh, previously uh, all of our community school coordinators were employed by United Way, as we move forward, uh, new community schools are going to be partnered with local community-based organizations. So Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, um, which is actually attached to Browning Elementary, they're in the same building, is going to be the hiring agent and the lead agency for Browning Community School. And sim similarly, uh, with, 16, or, uh, with Lincoln Avenue School, 16th Street Community Health Center is going to kind of serve as a lead agency. Browning and Lincoln Avenue are joining Hopkins Lloyd Community School and Our Avenue as the elementary schools within the Milwaukee Community School Partnership. Um, Hopkins and Our, their community school coordinator, similar to JMAC and Bradley Tech, will remain employed by United Way. I think part of this process, so we talk a lot about how 
the Milwaukee Community School Partnership is a pilot. It's a three-year pilot. We had a year to do kind of planning and what does this look like. This past school year was our second year, but our first year of implementation, so having a full-time coordinator all year long. Um, and what we learned from that second year is really <coughs> that uh, neighborhood connection and that being connected and rooted in the area surrounding the school is, is something that we had to work really hard at. And that's why we decided to modify and, and to add and to learn not only from our own experience, but what we've seen nationally work, uh, where there's often a lead agency, a community-based organization. Um, so we're continuing to evolve. We're coming into our last year of the pilot phase. Um, schools that are diverse geographically, that serve different students, different families, different interests. And so we're really hoping to build a robust model so that at the end of next year, when we really look at how, how, how effective has this been, how impactful is this, uh, our community schools, a viable uh, model for turnaround in Milwaukee will have a lot of evidence uh, and a lot of diversity in terms of, we see that this can work in multiple places. Yeah, I think one of the exciting things about um, the work that we've been doing over the last year is that um, by starting with two elementary schools and two high schools right, out, right away. One of the things I hear from um, city leaders who take on uh, citywide community school initiatives is that they perfect the model in the K-5 or K-8 schools and then they try to translate that to a high school environment. Um, and we know that high schools are dramatically different than K-5 and K-8 schools. Um, so being able to, to uh, start right away with two K-8 schools and two high, two high schools um, has allowed us to learn a lot of lessons and really build a model um, that is adaptable to both of those environments. Can you talk a little bit about how those schools are selected and some of the commonalities that maybe those student bodies have? First and foremost, what's important to us is that this is something uh, that there's buy-in around. So this is not something that we want to impose on any school. That's kind of counter the model and, and the idea and the feeling behind community schools. So it really has to be something that, yes, a school leader, a principal buys into and, and agrees, you know, this is something I want for my school, but it's also something staff have to commit to. Uh, because we really, if you're going to become a community school, it's like you have to put on a very special pair of glasses and you have to start to look at things and how you operate and how you interact with different partners and different people um, through, that, through that community school lens and really make sure you're focused on collaboration and on working together. Uh, part of our selection process, I think, it, it is a turnaround model, and so we want to make sure that we're we're looking at schools that really need something to help uh, to help see improvement. Uh, some schools that are ready for change and that are well poised, uh, they have access to resources. So it's not necessarily a school that has no partners right now, but it's a school that needs some capacity around how do we organize and leverage all of these relationships. Are there any gains that you've seen right away in this first year? You know, I th I think. Going back to those tangible versus intangible things, I think one of the more intangible things is uh, just the feeling when you walk into schools. Um, so seeing all these different stakeholders in the building, being able to see this wide range of individuals take an investing stand in their, in their local school has been an incredibly powerful thing. We're seeing a lot of community partners in the city seeing what we're doing in these schools and being excited that their part knowing that their partnership in a school will be intentional and will be um, kind of connected to a larger vision excites them because um, uh, they you know they don't want to work in a school where they're, they're going to work in 
a classroom over here in this wing of the building. You know, they want to they want to make sure that their work in the school is uh, both impactful for their own organization, but impactful for the larger school. And then, and I would add, you know, it's our first full year of implementation, so I, I have data to share that's exciting. But I always like to preface with this is our first full year mm -hmm. of implementation. Obviously, there are lots of things going on in the school, and we're really happy with kind of the turning of the curve or the direction that our data points are heading in. Um, but we have, community schools is a long-term strategy. It's a long-term investment and we are, uh, MPS is committed to this model and to seeing how it works and helping to support it. Um, typically when we talk about success and, and the metrics academically that we look at for high schools, we're looking at ACT data. It's not yet available for this year, so I don't have anything to report for our high schools. Um, but for our elementary schools, we focus on the STAR assessment. Um, and for both Hopkins, Lloyd, and Our, we've seen some great increases. So reading scores for those two schools, Hopkins, Lloyd went from a 7% of their students at or above proficiency or on target for reading to 10%. Our Avenue went from 7% to 12%. And then I think our most dramatic gains were specifically in early literacy scores. So again, on that STAR assessment uh, at Hopkins, Lloyd, 22% of students were at were above target for reading or early literacy and they went up to 48% of students. And then our avenue went from 17% of students up to 48% as well. So those are some great gains. We are seeing an increase in the number of students at or above target for reading and for early literacy and for math as well. Um, so we are excited about that early data, but we definitely will continue to stay focused and continue to work and continue to rally all of these partners um, and stakeholders toward those goals of student achievement and school improvement. Community schools is a strategy, um, and then we really encourage our schools and communities to identify their own goals. Um, so, so each of our schools has a, their own set of uh, local goals and priorities. Um, and Bradley Tech, for example, uh, they've, um, they've really focused on being strategic about recruitment. So they really wanted to recruit students that were, they're really trying to build up their career pathways program around manufacturing, trade, and technology. So they really wanted to re recruit students who are really excited about those things. So they were able to get 200 plus students this year to choose Bradley Tech as their first or second choice, um, which is, I don't have the numbers from the previous year, but I know that it's a quite a dramatic jump from previous years. So again, really kind of letting the broader community know that something special is happening in these schools. Um, and we're really kind of seeing uh, that, that feedback from, from students, families, from the broader community. And I will say, we do have on, on the United Way website, there is a link back to each school. So if you mm -hmm. want to see what the schools are doing specifically, there is a link back to each of the school's web pages too. We encourage folks to uh, attend an event, show up and be supportive. Uh, all of our school websites have calendars of events and have their newsletters posted. Um, so please come. <laughs> yeah, there's great ways for the community to get involved. And I think we'll have to have both of you back at the end of year two to see how those four schools have progressed and how the new schools have um, fared in their first year. Absolutely. We'd love to. You can read more about community schools on our website, unitedwaygmwc.org forward slash Milwaukee Community Schools Partnership. Living Local is produced by myself, Rebecca Shimke, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. Help us keep Living Local up and running. We're looking for sponsors at every level to help us underwrite the cost of production and to help us continue sharing the stories that connect us. Learn more at unitedwaygmwc.org forward slash podcast.